Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This is an NBC News special report. Here's Lester Holt. And good day, everyone. We're coming on the air with some sad breaking news. Queen Elizabeth II, Britain's longest reigning monarch, has died at the age of 96. The queen reigned for seven decades, working with many prime ministers through periods of peace and crisis since she took the throne. Her family rushing to be by her side today after doctors became concerned for her health. Her death comes after the passing of her husband, Prince Philip, last year. And her passing sets the stage for Prince Charles to become king, Britain's first new monarch in 70 years. Let's go now to NBC's senior international correspondent, Keir Simmons. He's outside Buckingham Palace. Keir. Well, Lester, you know that this moment is coming, but nothing really prepares you for it, does it? It's, it's really stunning. Uh, one. Uh, statement here. I'm just looking down uh, from the royal family. The Queen died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. The King and Queen Consort will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow. The King and Queen Consort. So this is the moment uh, when we say in history, the Queen is dead, long live the King. And uh, the moment that we heard this news behind me at Buckingham Palace, the flag was lowered to half-staff. And I can tell you that millions of people across this country and around the world will be hearing this news and will be frankly devastated. The Queen, uh, 96, 70 years as Queen, 70 years of service, an extraordinary life, Lester, which is incredibly difficult simply to put into words. That is the public side, and then there is the private side. There is uh, the Queen's children uh, and grandchildren. Through the day, we have been uh, watching her children race to be with her. A very moving photograph of Prince William driving a car with two of his uncles and an aunt in the car with them. An experience that so many families will relate to and understand. You can imagine the phone calls and texts. We need to be with her. We need to get there. Prince Charles and Princess Anne and Camilla already there with her today as they worked so hard to be with her too. Uh, Prince Harry was on his way to be with her. Uh, Meghan staying behind. Kate staying behind. We, we just saw William and Kate introduce their children to a new school this week. Uh, and so Kate, we understand, stayed behind to be with the children. So this is a moment of private grief for a very public family and publicly a moment where people will be taking a pause to notice where they are when the announcement came that Queen Elizabeth is dead, the end of the modern Elizabethan era, Lester. Kira, we know there had been uh, meticulous planning uh, leading up to this eventual moment uh, in terms of how the country will honor the queen, uh, the funeral. What have we learned about the process in the weeks to come? It has been planned to the minute. 
uh, it sounds kind of morbid to say it, but that, that, that is the reality because, as I mentioned, there is the private side and then, of course, there is the public side. She, she is the Queen of England, the Queen of Great Britain. She is a figure that is the head of the constitution here. So uh, she has the role that she has or had has to continue and it immediately switches to Prince Charles. Immediately he bears the responsibility and just think about what he must be going through right now, uh, mourning the death of his mother and nothing prepares you for that, does it? And at the same time, this huge weight of responsibility on, on his shoulders now. Uh, there will be days of mourning, uh, there will be uh, funerals, uh, there will be a, a state funeral, and I, I suspect that we will see people uh, coming out in the streets to, to pay their own respects in their own ways, because at Leicester, the Queen has been so much more than just a monarch, hasn't she? She has been, for so many people, always there, a, a rock of stability. And for so many, this will feel like the end of a chapter of history, maybe the end of a, of a book of history. Yeah, me. as we noted, she died in Balmoral. You're there at, at, the, uh, at the palace. Uh, as word began to filter, when we first heard word uh, the doctors were concerned. Um, we understand that people started to come to where you are. How did the news filter out yeah. over the last few minutes? We just got the news, Lester, so I can't answer that question. There, there, is, there is a crowd here outside Buckingham Palace, which is, a, is not usual for, for this time. It's now uh, just uh, 37 minutes past six in the evening here. You wouldn't normally see uh, so many people, uh, but... <laughs> For the Queen, we saw the last time we saw the Queen, and now this will be the last time she was seen in public, was of course that photograph of her with the new Prime Minister, Liz Truss, uh, appointing her. And that is an extraordinary final photograph, isn't it? Uh, summing up her extraordinary legacy, that this woman, who was just days away from death, uh, managed to haul herself up hold herself up with her walking stick and carry out her constitutional duties to, carry, to appoint a new Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. What an incredible life and, and, and what an absolute uh, commitment uh, to duty and service. Uh, Queen Elizabeth may be gone, Lester, but I think in her life there is honestly a lesson for all of us. At 96 years old, Queen Elizabeth II is dead. Uh, Kira, thank you. If you'll stay with us, I want to turn to Daisy McAndrew, a royal expert for NBC News. Uh, Daisy, just to pick up where uh, Kira left us, that she was conducting this constitutional duty just days before her death, and it really gives you an appreciation for the incredible arc of history that she's been a witness to. It really does. I was just reflecting that her first prime minister, 15 prime ministers ago, was Winston Churchill, born in 1874. Her latest prime minister, you were just discussing her, Liz Truss, just anointed two days ago, born 101 years later than Winston Churchill. And I think if you think about the history of those 15 prime ministers, she's had 14 presidents, six or seven popes. I'm not quite sure which it is. All the history, the technological developments that have happened over her lifetime, the longest serving monarch uh, ever, other than uh, Thai monarch who uh, came to the throne as a very small child. So 
you can see this was an extraordinary life, totally devoted to duty and service. Uh, she didn't have many days off. She would always stay on top of her red boxes, which are the, the parliamentary papers, the government papers that are sent to her every night. She would have her weekly uh, briefings with the Prime Minister. You never got to find out what was said in those briefings, but a lot of Prime Ministers, once they've retired, they don't give away the secrets of what she would say, but they did always say that she was incredibly good counsel, would give wise advice. Right. She also was somebody who adopted modern technology. She wasn't old-fashioned. Uh, Daisy, thank you. I just want to uh, alert our viewers to what we're looking at. This is the official proclamation being uh, posted outside uh, the, the palace in Edinburgh, I believe. Um, I, with the camera zoomed in for a moment. Unfortunately, I cannot uh, read it. We'll kind of uh, stay with this and, uh, and, and see if we can get a better look. But the official, uh, you can clearly see simple proclamation of the death of the Queen. Uh, we want to uh, uh, pause in our coverage right now, take a moment and take a look back at the Queen's remarkable life. Queen Elizabeth II, Great Britain's longest serving monarch, died after living a life dedicated to duty. Born in 1926, the third grandchild of King George V, Elizabeth would guide the nation and its monarchy through historic challenges. During the Blitz, the royal family stayed in London, despite the nightly bombing raids from Nazi Germany. To the people of Britain, there was this message from their future queen. We know, every one of us, that in the end, all will be well. For God will care for us and give us victory and peace. That speech sealed a special relationship with her future subjects. Westminster Abbey 1953, the first time TV cameras were allowed inside to record a coronation. The celebration was seen worldwide. And Elizabeth's reign would be felt worldwide. She was the most widely traveled monarch in history. She helped transform Britain's empire, easing former colonies into states, and all that while balancing motherhood and monarchy three sons and a daughter. The pomp was there, but circumstances changed. For the first time, the Queen opened the royal family to the public eye. She encouraged her children to live lives beyond the palace walls. In some ways, the royal family appeared just like the rest of us, vulnerable. There was divorce and reconciliation. Her son, Prince Andrew, mired in accusations of sexual misconduct. But the tragedy of Princess Diana was an especially dark moment for the royal family. Her fairy tale romance and marriage ended in scandal with a messy divorce and then death. Diana killed in a traffic accident in Paris. The royal family grieved privately, but there was growing anger in Britain that the monarchy was out of touch, detached and aloof. The Queen quickly returned to London from her vacation home to pay tribute to Diana and face a challenge to modernise the monarchy. I, for one, believe there are lessons to be drawn from her life and from the extraordinary and moving reaction to her death. Queen Elizabeth set out to change the face of monarchy. It would be more open, compassionate, in touch with a changing British public. Institutions which, in turn, must continue to evolve 
if they are to provide effective beacons of trust and unity. She embraced many changes, including the marriage of her grandson, Prince William, to commoner Kate Middleton. And Prince Harry to the American actress, Meghan Markle. She celebrated the birth of great-grandchildren, including Prince George, third in line to the throne. In 2021, her beloved husband of seven decades, Prince Philip, died. In her words, he was her strength and stay. But Queen Elizabeth continued to inspire people around the world. During the COVID pandemic, her words helped everyone to keep calm and carry on. This time we join with all nations across the globe in a common endeavor, using the great advances of science and our instinctive compassion to heal. We will succeed, and that success will belong to every one of us. She was the longest reigning British monarch in history on the throne for more than 70 years. Her platinum jubilee celebrated with a military parade. Beacons lit across the world. I keep mine in here. A surprise appearance from Paddington Bear. And over 10 million people across Britain gathering for street parties to honor their one and only queen. The Jubilee concluded with a final wave from Queen Elizabeth from the balcony of Buckingham Palace. She was joined by three future kings, Prince Charles, Prince William and Prince George. The crowds cheering for Queen Elizabeth II, a monarch for the ages. Keir Simmons, NBC News. And Keir joining us live now outside Buckingham Palace in, in London. Uh, Keir, I struggled to read that proclamation that was being posted. You had a, you've had a closer look at it. That's right. The, this proclamation is being uh, posted outside palaces uh, across uh, the United Kingdom, uh, the traditional way, if you like, to give people the message to, to let the public know. Uh, it is on Buckingham Palace uh, headed paper, or at least the one that I, I have now is, uh, and it says the following announcement is made by Royal Communications. The, the Queen died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. And then it goes on to say the King and Queen Consort will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow. Uh, and it is dated Thursday, the 8th of September, 2022, a date, of course, that will go down in history. When it says the Queen and uh, the King and Queen Consort, that, of course, refers to the man that until now we have known as uh, Prince Charles, the Prince of Wales. He is now King. And Queen Consort, of course, uh, refers to uh, Camilla, his wife. So at the moment of Queen Elizabeth II's death, Prince Charles, whilst being there by her side. We don't know, of course, and it may well remain private and perhaps it really should. Uh, while, that, while being there at Balmoral uh, with his mother, he also immediately became uh, the king. And you know, Lester, he's been preparing for this moment for so long, and yet surely nothing can prepare you for this. You could say the same for the country, uh, that, you know, obviously yeah. the advanced age of the queen, her health, the inevitability of, 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 of life, really struggling now to, to, to face a world without the queen. And I would argue you could say that uh, probably most people in the UK don't remember a life without her. 
Most people don't. She's reigned for uh, 70 years. So yes, I think for many people, and we, we talk about this often when we talk about what happens with the royal family, I think for many people, the, the, the royal family's lives, their birth, their, de their marriages, their deaths, uh, they reflect something in our own lives, don't they? And, and in a certain sense, I suppose, we kind of time our lives along uh, the moments of, the, the key moments in royal life, we kind of uh, time, we understand our lives in reflection of, of those moments. And another aspect of this too, let's just talk about the public side again, Lester, because uh, we saw that picture of the Queen with the new Prime Minister, Liz Truss, this week. Prime Ministers going back to Winston Churchill have been able to sit down with the Queen and take her counsel and talk privately with her, knowing that nothing they say would ever emerge from that room. There won't be, there won't be leaks, uh, they won't be in the newspapers, they can say anything they like. And sitting down with a woman who has had been uh, the Queen for Churchill, for, uh, for Blair, for Thatcher, uh, most recently, of course, for Johnson, the, the, her wealth of knowledge will be sadly deeply, deeply lost. And I think that's not just true for British leaders. I think that's true also for leaders around the world. Uh, she met 15 presidents. Uh, she, sorry, she met 13 out of 15 uh, presidents. And it's, I think it really says something just, just to go through them, Lester. Truman, Eisenhower, Kennedy, Nixon, Ford, Carter, Reagan, uh, George H.W. Bush, Clinton, George W. Bush, Obama, Trump, and of course President Biden. It takes a while just to list the number of presidents that the Queen met. Keir, does it now fall to the new Prime Minister, Prime Minister Trust, to, to lead the nation to this period of mourning? It does, and also to uh, the King, of course, uh, formerly known as Prince Charles. We assume he will be King Charles, but he does have a choice in what, how he will be named, uh, what, what his name will be, if, if you like. Um, and I think that is a, a moment to give you pause, really, because uh, the UK has just uh, appointed a new prime minister. It is facing, as she described this week, uh, serious economic headwinds. And I suspect there will be a sense that uh, the instability that uh, economically many, many families in Britain are facing right now, the worries just got magnified by the fact that the Queen that so many have known for so long is no longer with us. I suspect that may be a feeling in many other places uh, too, uh, because the Queen brought that sense of stability she was a rock. She was always there. And for many people, not just in this country, I think that will be sadly missed. He would lie his way into their dreams. He was looking for James Bond girls. How fun would that be to be a Bond girl? Then twist them into a nightmare. This guy has done this before. He'll do it again. Until a group of women banded together to put him behind bars and keep him there. You have to participate fiercely, fiercely in what happens next. I'm Keith Morrison, and this is Murder in the Hollywood Hills, an all-new podcast from Dateline. All episodes of Murder in the Hollywood Hills are available now. 
To listen ad-free, subscribe to Dateline Premium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or datelinepremium.com.